Caribouni, and welcome aboard. Please slide all the way across, filling in all available seating for those passengers coming in behind you. Welcome to Kilimanjaro Safaris. We're about to take a two-week safari through the Harambe Wildlife Reserve. So get those cameras ready, and let's look out for the animals that you see on the spotting guides above you. Jumbo! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. I'm Ashvi. I'm Molly. I'm Cheryl. Welcome aboard. Please keep all hands, arms, legs, and feet inside at all times. Podcast, you are all clear. All right. So Kilimanjaro Safaris, guys. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm super excited about talking Mm -hmm. about this one. I am too. Because... I worked there for different, I worked there many years, but different, like split. Like there was different times of the the Kilimanjaro Safari era that I worked. This is a fun one. So you were sometimes on safari, but mostly on missions to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's okay, correct. Cool. Uh-huh, yeah. Just mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm. that timeline cleared up. Yeah, you really right. get around. I know, right? I also spent a brief time um, driving the safari truck. To be exact, it was about uh, 30 days <laughs> until I got transferred to a new <laughs> area, per my request. Um, but yeah. You're like, get me out of here. Well, I had just learned to drive, and then I got assigned to work on the truck ride oh where you were gosh. stealing. And I also had never been on like a microphone in my life, so it was like a double whammy of, this is a terrible fit. I mean, it well, it is. It's like a double, like, it, it's it's daunting for anybody to work there, let alone, I mean, I feel bad you just learned how to drive a regular car. Right, and like now a we're Kia. Gonna, <laughs> right. Like, oh, hop in the seat of this giant moving truck-sized vehicle yeah. where you hold a bunch of people and you Without have to talk to them. Without seatbelts on. Right. Look out for animals and try not to run over things. It's great. What about you, Cheryl? Any uh, experience? <laughs> it is your least I mean, favorite park. No, I'm not the biggest Animal Kingdom slash animal. I mean, it, it's a great ride and it's so fun and I definitely love the theme. Plus, I think I'm a little bitter from the time where they removed the zebras because something was pregnant and then never brought them back again. Right. Oh, I've got some stories about the zebras. Oh, yeah. I love zebras. I love zebras, zebras are, too. They're, they're the bullies, though. They're the bullies of the, like, they're a biker gang. Is and how I, I describe and them. And I would like to join up if they have. Yeah, they are not friendly animals if they with others. Be one of the clubs oh. of Walt Disney World or Disneyland, I would put on that leather jacket and be in the zebra gang. You should create that. Like you should create a gang. <laughs> good, good uh, starting segment here, Cheryl. If you could be any animal on Kilimanjaro safaris, what would you be? Answer: Zebra Ooh. gang, I guess. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'd be the lady zebra gang. Lady Zebra Gang. All right, Ashby. Lady Zebra Gang. That's great. If, um, who would you be on oh, Kilimanjaro Safaris? Okay, wait. So you want me to pick an animal that I would be? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, correct. Yes. Oh. This uh, is binding, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right? This is a little difficult. In your I would next say... life, you will become this animal on correct. the safari. <laughs> on the safari, though. So it's like it's pretty legit. It's fine. I'm, trying, I'm like going through all the areas in my head right now. I used to love, I, and I don't see them as much anymore, but the, um, the Tommy Gazelles. 
the, the Thompson's, Thompson's gazelles. gazelles. They were great. Yeah. They, they were the cutest little things, anymore. and they moved so fast, and they had the little black stripe, you know, on the side of yeah, them. I really liked sweet. them a lot. They looked like little baby mm-hmm. deer, but they were full grown. I would probably be the bongo. Um, oh, because hidden. They are the ghost of the forest, and it fits into my antisocial lifestyle currently. That's true. <laughs> I'm just now realizing this needs to be like a quiz on, is BuzzFeed still a thing? I think like, so. Yeah. What animal would you be on the Kilimanjaro safaris? <laughs> yeah, answer Are a couple questions. Are you cranky and bully other animals? You're a right, zebra yeah. like Cheryl. <laughs> Cheryl's a bully. Molly's an introvert. And I'm apparently just f- f- flopping around the... You're just a <laughs> tiny deer. <laughs> yeah, little baby deer jumping around everywhere. I also, I mean, in general, love elephants, love giraffes, mm. love lions. Mm-hmm. I love the name Okapi. It's just a cool mm-hmm. one. Yeah, probably the bongo. So people would just like, I'm very elusive, you know. Was she there? We'll never know. <laughs> we won't know. She's a ghost. She's a ghost of the forest. So for someone who doesn't know what the safari is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. what is it? We should start point. We should back Yeah. Up. Well, maybe we should just start from the beginning, right? Yes. Yeah. Like this is one of the opening attractions for the park. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it was probably one of the very first attractions for Animal Kingdom that was ever even put down on a on the drawing board or on the list of like, well, mm. what should we do in the animal themed park? It's like the safari. Right. You should do a safari. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, to be honest, it even goes further back, right? Like this is like Walt's. Like this is like probably a dream of his, right? Yeah. To have... It was the original Jungle Cruise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just real animals instead of the. Uh what they had to go with. Wait, what are you talking about? Walt wanted the Jungle Cruise to be real animals or wanted real animals to be on a safari? Wait, I don't know what you're saying. Walt wanted real animals to be on the Jungle Cruise and everybody was like, hey, that's not okay. And he was like, but I want them. (laughs) Yeah, that would be real hard to do. (laughs) Yeah, Walt Disney, again, great innovator and all these wonderful things. We have a podcast because of one man. Um, But but when it comes to things like, should you put lions like right up against a jungle cruise, like in a 10 foot little space? He was like, yes, let's do it. And everyone else was 100%. like, no, that's a terrible idea. It's not good. He was definitely a, an Imagineer from the beginning. Like Imagineers always come up with these blue sky, beautiful ideas. And then operations comes in and is like, um, pokes all let's the holes. Talk about- Someone's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, Including that animal. that may not work. We can't <laughs> yeah, properly to... control this. But yeah, so starting back with him. Yeah, yeah. So it was always kind of in the back of everyone's minds for, you know, 40 years or so. Until we got Animal Kingdom in 1998. And I know that, like, uh, there was, because uh, this will be our, our next time bringing him up, but um, Michael Eisner, he, you know, was was in power, if, if we'll say that, when <laughs> Animal Kingdom was being um, kind of put down on paper and, and right. talked about. And he was really behind this particular attraction um, and really wanted to focus on the conservation piece and things like that. It was it, another, like, Michael Eisner kind of nod to him for mm-hmm. a great attraction that we got yeah. in Animal Kingdom. An Eisner, an Eisner win, I'd say. 
Animal Kingdom. An Eisner win, yeah. Mm -hmm. Back in the days of wins for him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This was a definite win. Well, and um, Animal Kingdom as a whole wanted to set itself apart from other zoos or animal theme parks of the time by having a huge focus all around, not just on the safari, but the entire park was extremely focused on the message of conservation and why it's important and what individuals in the middle of Florida could actually do about conservation efforts. So that was something in the DNA of Animal Kingdom Mm -hmm. from day one as well. And I think of the attractions in Animal Kingdom, past and current, I think the safari ride pushes that message the best and the most and um, yeah, the most effectively of any of the other attractions. Cali River Rapids does too, actually, but in Mm, a more boring way. And maybe um, less effective (laughs) because of that. You're like, wait, we're in a forest that's been burnt down. This isn't visually appealing. Like, message received, but not fun. (laughs) We're not having fun. (laughs) My thought was always that um, safaris and going out to Rafiki's Planet Watch were like the two places that I felt I was smacked the most Mm -hmm. with conservation stuff. Or like even just things that I could do myself at home versus like, you know, these grand, like, we're going to go save all the calibus monkeys in Africa. Right. Okay, well, I what, what can what I do to I contribute to? to that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Versus, like, I remember on the trail that leads to Rafiki's Planet Watch from the train station, there's all these fun little cute things. Like, you can put a little flower pot on its side in your yard and make a home for a frog. And I was like, oh, pff, that's great because I can do something with that, you know? Wait, like, do all... frogs need homes? They like... do. They do? Mm-hmm. Like, they need they shade need, like, protection. or something? All right, well, I can do that. There do you it. go. Go right See, now. You're, you're we'll already pause. making a difference. I'm going to do <laughs> it. Just let Frog us know when you're back. Done. You're right. <laughs> you continue. I'm going to Google. All right. Okay. Cheryl's going to go build a frog home. She'll be right back. We'll give her about right. five minutes to do that. <laughs> it's a good time to hear from our sponsors. Uh, frogs. <laughs> oh it's so cute they need both water and shade or a living space oh that's so sweet all right i'm gonna go give the frogs water now okay this episode sponsored by new orleans frog legs (laughs) look at at animal kingdom already making a difference there you go see you're a big fan of animals we knew it just just below the surface so the back to Kilimanjaro safaris. I, I loved I loved the little fun fact of because if you've if you've ever seen it, it's it's a giant plot of land and they have all the tree everything was grown because mm-hmm. they had to accommodate you know the, the trees and the the flora that animals are used to. So they had to start that really early on, and the landscape team, not the horticulture team, we'll call it that, needed like two years ahead of time. So imagine the planning for that. Like, okay, this team needs two years to get all the plants and everything in place. And then you can start to bring in and build around, you know, all this stuff. That's kind of a crazy, like that that requires a lot of thought. So Kilimanjaro Safaris is located in the Africa section of Disney's Animal Kingdom um, in the fictional African village of Harambe. Harambe. Harambe is not a real place. Harambe is not a real place. And do you know what the, so the word Harambe is Swahili for uh, working together. Oh, love that. And Harambe, the village in Animal Kingdom, is 
awesome. I mean, it's one of the, it's a really mm-hmm. good place to just like spend some time. There's so many details in the village that is just worth, worth looking at all the posters on the wall and nothing's too manicured, right? Everything looks like it was kind of um, built together over a couple decades. And there's like a story to tell in the architecture of Harambe. So I've always really enjoyed mm-hmm. grabbing a drink at the Dawa bar and kind of just um, moseying around to see, to see all the stuff. There's like a hotel, um, like a post office, a couple stores that you just, you wouldn't notice mm-hmm. until you were right next to them and, and looking right at them. So highly recommend And it's that. cool because you can like hear it too. Like when you're walking yes. through, you can hear things coming from the buildings above, yeah. which is so fun. It definitely reminds, it has the feel of what we talked about with like Harry Potter, that like condensed, you know, I'm in a small village feel because mm-hmm. it does get super crowded. Yeah. There's <laughs> uh, a couple winding, area. winding little paths that you can that you can follow and they've expanded yeah yeah i was gonna say they did help with that when they opened up the the new um food and beverage location and created that bypass so you didn't have to go down the main uh the main street of the village yeah it's great what's the very famous um one of the instagram walls there now it's the little mickey mouse drawing do you guys know what i'm talking about I've it seen like, it, but I don't know what it's called. Says says something, but it translates to like "you are beautiful." It's great. It's like a, it's a great yeah. little. Yeah, uh, this isn't a uh, podcast about Harambe, but while we're on the <laughs> subject, there, there's a there's a tree. So it, there, oh, and we'll talk about it when yes. we go through the ride. But in Africa, there's a tree native to there called the baobab tree, and there, if you've ever seen pictures of Africa, there's like there's. They're the giant, huge trees that have, like, it looks like the roots are sticking out of the top. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a real, one real baobab tree in the village of Harambe that they planted and has stayed alive. And it's right next to, um, what's the food and beverage restaurant there? I only know the Dawa Bar. <laughs> it's right next to the Dawa Bar. What the oh, the of it? Tusker House. Thank you, Tusker mm-hmm. House. Yeah, it's right, right where the Tusker House one of the doors inside is, and kind of next to the little, there's a little like bakery yeah. kiosk yeah. there. There's a baobab tree right next to no that. No kidding. That's neat. Yeah. That's a real one. It doesn't look anything like what you would see because it's not full grown, obviously. But it's, yeah, there's a baobab tree in the village. So the baobab tree straight ahead at the entrance to Kilimanjaro Safari, not real? Is that what we're saying? Mm, no, no. Okay. No, no. Oh, that's a good uh, transition, though, into the attraction itself. <laughs> Welcome to the queue. <laughs> Welcome to the queue. It's the big fake baobab tree. Um, this queue has, ha- well, let's talk about the queue a lot, actually. It's it shifted through the years, um, but the main entrance to the attraction is um, in the most upper left-hand corner that you can go as a guest in the park. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's like this little covered pathway. Um, if you veer over to the right just a little bit, that's the fast pass entrance. Is, am I right there? But I don't think it always well, used to be. So actually, there's and there's something in between. So you have the, the standby entrance on the left. Uh-huh. And then in between the standby and the fast pass, they put in the kiosk for Wild Africa Trek. So your check-in for Wild Africa Trek is oh. at the entrance to Kilimanjaro Safaris. So it's kind of split. Because it used to be they were both lines that would go... Like under that same roof, right. there was two lines there, and then they kind of made a bunch of changes when Wild Africa Trek came to be. And Wild Africa Trek is a um, uh, separate it, yeah. ticket or separate um, admit uh, price point um, for like a semi-private tour of the reserve, right? So it's like a walking tour version mm-hmm. of the safari. 
I've heard really great yep. things about it. Oh, you haven't done it? No, I've never done it. Have you Have you guys done it? I did it. Never. I've done it twice, yeah. Is it really cool or is it something it, that's maybe not to- worth it? No, it's totally worth it. Yeah, if you ever oh, if you ever get a chance to go, you should. But yeah, you you described it perfectly. It's a, it's a nice like because it's a small group and you have a dedicated uh, two dedicated trek guides that are with you that take you through, and you just get to see some really cool up close animal experiences, and then you get a whole little um, snack meal and drink out on the safari because they have that. Um, yeah, that whole thing that they built right out there where yeah. the giraffes hang out. Um, the savannah. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Okay, put that on the list. I would say it's probably worth it most for the really cool Instagrammable photo you get mm-hmm. at some point, right? Because like I feel like everyone who's ever been on it has a photo of themselves in a cool vest on the crock bridge, on like a on the crock, yeah, bridge. on like a rope yeah. bridge yeah. and. <laughs> Everyone always looks flawless. Like yeah. they look like them be- their best. That's lives. true. Like, yeah. If you live in Central Florida and have friend or know people or have a Facebook, I guarantee you one of them their profile photo. Is <laughs> it, it was actually my profile photo for a while. We'll have, we'll have to make sure we put that up. I'll make a note. Yeah. <laughs> Called out. Um, okay. So yeah. So sorry. Yeah. So Wild Africa Trek's there, and then. What used to be the hut that covered the fast pass machines? Yeah, the like paper is, fast pass. Yeah, is now the entrance for the fast pass, and that's actually that's part of like they did a whole overhaul when my Disney experience came into play with Fast Pass Plus, um, because what happened was is they they put in the, the those little touch points, you know, where you would mm-hmm. scan your wristband or whatever, and the queue was backing up so bad because they would get hit after a Lion King show was done. Um, when, when it moved to Africa, and there would just be this ginormous line coming out of the Fast Pass entrance, and people would get all upset because they're like, "Well, the Fast Pass line is really long," and it was like, "No, it's actually just because it's just taking a while for us to get people scanned in, like filtered." Because yeah. once you got in the line, I mean, because this ride is a beast of throughput; like, it it can swallow people up so quickly, and so they created that queue to help get people out of the pathway and make it not seem as nuts. I think this was put into the design of a lot of Animal Kingdom attractions mm. was everybody comes in. If you're in a wheelchair, if you're in a motorized scooter, if you're in a stroller, just come in line. We'll like figure it out later, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so there's no big bottleneck typically, I guess, unless there's Lion King show dumping. But um, there's no big bottleneck at the beginning of the attraction or the beginning of the queue. Everybody just rolls on in. Um and the queue itself is just a long, winding pathway. There's very few, like, switch back, back and forth, back and forth lines. Um, except for, I guess, the first couple of r- r- thatched roof rooms you go into. But that's not, you don't, these days you don't always wait in those. You typically just kind of start walking through the path. And the stroller parking is in the middle of the queue, right? Like, so it's not, like, out in the street, no. like, in normal. Yeah, options. it's towards the middle, middle to the end of the line, actually. So I, you... I would almost say it's a little too close to the, where the action starts. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, well, right, because people have, now kids have been in line for, whatever, 40 minutes in their stroller, and all of a sudden it's like, get out, get out, now get in the truck. <laughs> like, it's, right. it does all happen um, quickly. And it, yeah, the stroller, when you, get your stroller pulled out of line is very near where you will actually end up exiting the ride as well. Um, so that design wise was 
put in nicely, I'd say. And in Harambe, um, you refer to strollers as prams, which I've always oh. really liked. I think that comes from like what European, right? Because I know in England they call them prams. Exactly. I think it comes from like great the British Empire, <laughs> like right. colonizing Africa. So okay, now that I think about it, it's pretty dark. <laughs> um, it's probably something I shouldn't like, and yet I still like the word pram. You're like, oh, pram's the best. You know where it comes from? Oh, oh, never mind. It's like y'all those yeah like white people in their khakis like colonizing Africa. Shit. Right. Oh, we call these prams. Oh, we're walking around Africa in our prams. It's like, oh, God. (laughs) Oh, I hate it. (laughs) It's like, oh, I brought my baby to Africa because we're colonizers. It's like, oh, why is your baby here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. They ruin everything. Empires ruin everything. Anyway. Um, Here's here's one of those little helpful hints for you people. For you people. You I don't know why people. I just said that. Who's well. that? For, for, for people who ride Kilimanjaro safaris. Oh, okay. For our lovely listeners. Yes. Yeah. For you people. Um, if you have not ever been before or if you're going again, just when you get to the stroller area or the, the pram parking. Ooh, it's time for a helpful hint with Ashby. Yeah, helpful hint. Listen, yeah. we know that you're carrying your life in that stroller. Yeah. If you would just be so kind as to just have your life in order before you get there and have to dump off your <laughs> stroller. Because I can tell you, it is a pain in the butt to watch people. And I'm sure as a guest, it's a pain in the butt, right? Like you have you got like your three kids, your two prams, and you come off to the side and, oh, we're taking your stroller. And you're like, oh, my God, what? And then you're like, oh, let me get all my stuff out. And you mm-hmm. have your three bags. And you're, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's stressful. Well, <laughs> I imagine it's like it's like when you're going to the airport and you have like two seconds to put bags where they need to go. Like just be ready. You see it. You see it coming. Just be ready for it. And I can say myself, um, for the short time I did spend at Kilimanjaro Safaris as a cast member, I spent the majority of it parking prams. Um, mm. So two things. Even though we're telling you in the line that it's a two week photo safari. <laughs> Guess what? It's not. So you don't need all those bags that you're taking off your stroller. <laughs> right. I promise you, you don't need them. So just give me your stroller. No big deal. Um, and two, if you need to unpack, which is fine. Sometimes kids are a little fussy or maybe you want to grab your sunglasses that are deep down in your backpack. Pull all the way out of line with your pram and let people yes. go in front of you. Because maximum, there's going to be 10 people ahead of you and you're all going to be on the same truck. Because they hold, like, right. 40 people. So exactly. it's fine. Like, you can give yourself one or two minutes to get settled if you need to. Just get out of the way for everyone else. That's been helpful, hence, with the pram parking molly. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're going, know that you're going to have to give your stroller up at some point, And Ashby requests that you have your entire life together <laughs> exactly. at that point. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, so the funny part is... Um, I mean, you once you drop off your stroller, you're basically now ready to get on the ride. So you come up to the the merge point where the fast pass and the the standby queue kind of merge together. But also at this point, what's really cool is this is where if you if you do have a wheelchair or you're in a electronic vehicle, they're gonna kind of have you take a little bit of a different route. And and there's a separate loading area specifically for anybody who needs a little bit more time loading into a vehicle. One of the best things that I think any attraction can do, and I know that there's a few out there that have done it, 
It's really great, and it allows anyone who might need some extra time the time to to use extra time to get on and off rides without feeling like they're like holding anyone up because they're not. It, you know, it's it's everybody's kind of doing their own thing, which is great. Um, I wish I wish Disney did this more. I feel like yeah. sometimes this gets cut um, because it does cost a lot, right? Like you got to make sure. a whole other station. But I love like Toy Story, um, Toy Story Mania, and um, the uh, cars in California. Those two are the ones that I think of specifically. Well, and you're right. It sounds like they are doing that in more places because obviously Slinky Dog couldn't because it's one track and you would, as Molly said, have to build an entire other station to do it. But I know in Smuggler's Run they have that. Cool. Where they have the ability to have slower loading or more time yeah, for. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, Listen, they could have made another slinky track. Let's not. Let's not. They should have. It's so good. (laughs) I love slinky. I didn't think I was going to, but I did. Anyway, sidebar. Wow. Write another. Write that down because we clearly have things to say about slinky. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Um, The other thing I want to mention about the queue is that it is all outdoors, which. Animal Kingdom often takes a lot of heat for being such a uh, hot. <laughs> right. Here we go. <laughs> Let me finish the sentence for such a hot park. Um, and I think sometimes it has to do with a lot of the queues occur outside, which obviously six months of the year in Central Florida isn't the most comfortable. But and this queue is no exception. I think it gets super hot and, it's, and it can get high wait time so you're standing in one place outside for a long time Um, but it is covered and I remember in the like late 90s early 2000s when I was waiting an hour and a half for this ride um, there being a lot of like fans and breezy points so it's just something to consider it's a good one to fast pass it's definitely one of the top fast passes at Animal Kingdom I'd say (laughs) just (laughs) if you were to prioritize that but anyway, the other cool thing about this ride is at certain points, there are TV monitors showing a couple of folks who work on the wildlife preserve at Harambe, and you kind of get introduced to them. Uh, we'll jump into this in a little bit. They used to be actual key players in your adventure you're about to mm-hmm. go on. That has since changed. Um, but the movie clips themselves are both informative and helpful and also kind of funny because they're clearly were taped in 1997 yeah it's funny like they feel like they're even from the 80s (laughs) right yeah even at the time maybe they were meant to be like we've been doing this a long time um so they're kind of funny and there's this one part they're uh what's his name wilson the guy is that his name wilson Wilson matua yeah wilson matua he is you know, warning us about the dangers and the threat of poachers in the area and kind of what that means uh, for the preserve and just for the, you know, specific species in general. He's telling us about like extinction extinction rates and stuff. And all of a sudden there's this big gunfire noise. Do you know what I'm talking about? This moment? Yeah, it gets it gets my attention every time. Every yeah. time. And then they show like a dead animal. Briefly. I think it's a it's a rhino, a rhino, isn't it? No, right. Yeah. Or they show like a pile of the tusks or something and, yeah. and it's just yeah, like yeah. whoa wilson like that's yeah. aggressive <laughs> i just gave my pram away and i'm holding my young yeah it's just like it's just an aggressive moment and it gets me every time it really is like whoa <laughs> like uh yep. i don't yep. know it, of the things they've cut i'm shocked that that still happens in the pre-show. i'm i'm glad it's there because 
it, they cut so much of the yeah. story from the original attraction, and at least right. we still have Warden Wilson, Warden Wilson with his yeah. with his warning about poaching because it, yeah. that's what originally this thing was about was mm-hmm. and uh, and I mean it is a it, obviously it's a very like real kind of scary thing, yeah. but I mean it's it's not lying. <laughs> Oh, lion. <laughs> um, oh, oh boy. That was a good one. Um, no, I agree. I like, and I, again, like, this isn't just, like, a fun animal safari. It is, but but Animal Kingdom right. takes yeah, itself yeah. seriously with the conservation stuff, and especially this um, this. Learning ride. can be fun. It's called edutainment. Get used to it, you know? <laughs> It's pretty much what this podcast is as well. I think we could categorize ourselves uh as edutainment. Cue the loud gunshot. And um, something good to listen to while you're trying to sleep is my guess. I don't know. What else do you do for two hours? I don't know. Oh, boy. Um, But yeah, so that's the cue. I like it. My favorite part is there's – it's actually right after – stroller drop off uh you go you go on a bridge and it's like shuttered windows and mm-hmm. if you look uh to the left or the right you actually see the trucks driving up and that's always made me really happy i think it's they're empty trucks so it's like after they've dropped folks off on the way to um to pick up the new safari group so that's always mm-hmm. fun because at that point you know you're close you can hear the trucks you can all of a sudden see the trucks i think it's just like a good way to um tease the ride ahead especially if you're new and you haven't you haven't been on this ride before you kind of start to understand what this is all about and wilson shoots up a gun right shit your pants i always i always got like a little mystified because i we would get to the bridge and i was like wait i don't ever remember going up and you're like above <laughs> all these trucks right. yeah there's always a weird moment for like me how they you haven't did that. gone up a hill or stairs or yeah. anything right yeah Good point. it's really cool i never thought about that i will Always think about that from now on. <laughs> um, all right. Do you think we've made it made it up to um, to the loading area? Oh, we at this are point? at the trucks. Great. Which is my favorite part because I love those trucks. Yeah, we're at party of three. You'd like to get mm. on now. You can tell how <laughs> excited she is to see the animals. <laughs> I'm excited to sit. To be honest, I'm excited to sit. I usually take the middle. That way other people can have the oh, side. generous. I'm thoughtful safari. That is very nice, yeah. Yeah. Can I give a Molly's hot tip for being a good guest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to, when, you know, this happens a lot at all theme parks, but definitely Disney, where there's going to be a cast member who's going to ask you how many people in, are in your party. I like to both say it out loud and show them with my hands <laughs> how many people are in my party. <laughs> I find that to be very helpful. Yes. Agreed. And it's just nice. the worst the worst is when they walk up and you're like, How many? And then it's that like what feels like ten minute discussion. Of like who's here? About, yeah. <laughs> how many did we have? Do you count the baby? Oh, is Grandpa God. here? Grandpa <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa oh. We left him in the pram. You're right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird. It always did strike me as weird. It's like how many? How? Why don't you know who's in your family? Number one, right. and just right. uh, that that cast member is playing human Tetris in their head. So just help them out. Like they might be an auditory learner, or they might be a visual learner. So give them both. You know. Oh, uh, you know, that's a great. Else. That's a great like uh, analogy. Like if you've ever played Tetris, mm-hmm. and you know how you get to that one part where you're like, oh, I just need that straight stick. Yes, I just need the straight always. stick, and I'm gonna get a four line. So when you're in the line 
and you walk up to that cast member and you tell them like hand signal and verbally how many is in your party, you mm-hmm. have just become that long stick. That You're they the needed. long, be the long <laughs> stick. And they love you. Yeah. Be the long stick. And here's the thing too. You can have requests, but know that that means they need to finish that game of Tetris yes. and then they can absolutely please <laughs> Right. Well, no, I think, that's a, I think that's such a good point to always think about like, well, why, if a cast member asks you to do something, why are they asking me to do this? Like, what is the request? When you're at this like this merge point or this this loading point actually, and and someone's asking you how many in their party, they're playing human Tetris because only so many people can fit in a row on a truck, and in order to keep the wait time as low as you had it, sir, they need to be able to fill these trucks up, right? <laughs> it's inefficient to send off a truck halfway full. That's I mean that will that adds uh, quickly to your wait time, right? So if you want to keep it low, be a good guest. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's it's it it is crazy to like think just like when you see how many seconds they have to load yeah forty plus people into yeah. a truck and your like question about Lord knows what that didn't need to be asked Lord Voldemort right. does not well, need to be asked <laughs> leave him out of, he who must not be named right <laughs> go back to Universal and ask those questions right you'll right. right. find him an escape from Gringotts. <laughs> yes. So we were we were discussing this earlier prior to recording, but how many people can fit in the truck? It's kind mm-hmm. of a gray answer. Where um, it de- and the answer is it depends, and that is because these trucks that are big trucks, the rows themselves don't have seat belts, so it's just how many people can fit in a row. So if it's a it's a family with three small kids, you might be able to fit another couple in your row, right? But it's probably about five adults. Is that a fair assumption? Five that's, average yeah. sized adults. I don't know. Yeah, that's your that's your typical. Yeah. And it's funny because like, I, I, so here's a here's kind of a fun story of like, because I was at Mission Space before I went to Safaris. And if you think about it, it's two completely different loading scenarios because Mission Space is four people per capsule, 10 capsules per room. Like it's very like mathematical, like 40 people, that's it. Versus I get to Safaris and they're like, oh, and I'm like, well, how many can you load? And they're like, well, you could load maybe this many or this many. And my brain couldn't handle that. I was like, wait, I, I don't know how to load. And it was just something that you kind of learned, especially after, I'll just say that there was a few times that when the truck pulled away, everyone looked real uncomfortable (laughs) 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 because I may have put way too many people in a row. Uh, I was getting the numbers, but man, there was some uncomfortable faces as they left the dock. But yeah, it's something that you just kind of get a, a knack for. It's really weird. It's it's a weird way to load. And I know I know Safaris isn't the only place that does that, but it's a big big change when you come from somewhere that's structured as far as the numbers. Did you already mention how many rows are in the trucks? Oh, uh, so this is this is actually an interesting story because it started off with eight. So there used to be eight rows of five-ish people um, per truck, and then they, um, in about, let's see, it was about 2007, they started pulling trucks a couple at a time, and they add, they actually added a full row to the back of a truck, which was kind of nuts to think about when they said that. We were like, what? You're going to do what to these trucks? But it was neat how they did it, because if you remember pre-2007, the trucks had a lot of junk in the trunk, if you will. Um, there was a lot of, like, prop baggage and things that were hanging off the back end. 
Um, I got a lot of prop baggage too. <laughs> um, but yeah, they had the room that they were able to kind of wipe out a lot of those props back there, and then you know add on a whole other row. And you'll you'll notice if you look at the truck, you can tell that there's just quite not not quite as much room in that last row as there is uh, as far as like leg room goes than the other rows in the truck. And if you, so Cheryl, like you mentioned, it's totally fine if you want to make a request to sit somewhere. You just might have to wait for it. Do you guys have any favorite spots in the truck? Or is there a better or worse row to be in, in your opinion? Ooh, uh, for me, I preferred, so there's actually, there's a few trucks in the fleet that have a special loading um, for, like if you actually need to take your wheelchair onto the truck, they can load it on. There's like a little section in the front of the truck that they can load you in and then lock you down. And then there's two little mini rows next to that open area. And those are my favorite because it's like you get your own little private. Sure, that makes sense. It's like more intimate. Right, right. Is that up near the driver? Yeah, they're the first two rows behind the driver. Um, I don't know if this is true or not but i've always felt like if the further back you are in the truck the like bouncier it is um yes and i like that fact just for like the immersiveness of it you know you're not in a seat belt you're mm, kind of bouncing mm-hmm. all over the place um just makes it helps you kind of jump into the imagining it maybe that you are really on a safari because um, <laughs> it's like no road and it just feels a little wild and you just hear basically your um guide's voice at that point you don't you're not like sitting right behind them right. so it's also easier for me to like click out of i'm in you know central florida and maybe imagine i'm somewhere else i think it's easier the further back in the truck you are keeping that same thing in mind though I think it's way bumpier. So if that bothers you or you have smaller children, that I think that that would be harder for them to see animals. Just keep that in mind as well. <laughs> or you don't want them bouncing out of the truck. Uh, or or you do. I don't know. Whatever you want, <laughs> just keep that in mind. It's not as bad as – actually, it's funny that you brought that up because the, the, the back used to be my favorite when they had the poacher scene where you would race through the last uh, scene. It was like real fast. I loved the back because, man, they would hit those bumps sometimes yeah. and you'd fly up in the air. It was like old school Tower of Terror with the, la- with the lap bar. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's fun. Is it, is it true? Um, I can't remember if I made this up or not. Are children not allowed to sit along the window seats? Do they have to stay in the middle or did I make that up? No, you're right. It's something that they they push for. Um, so they'll yeah. they'll try to strategically load, and then if you put a small child on the outside, they'll typically ask you, "Oh, could you either put them in, uh, like towards the inside or on your lap if they're like a really small child?" And that's just again, there are no seat belts. These are animals. Kids love animals. They're like a giraffe, and then they could flop <laughs> over. Anyway, are we're we're on the ride now? Whoo! Yeah, we're on the truck. Cheryl, thanks for volunteering to sit in the middle because I love sitting on the edge. No worries, guys. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. So many beep beeps. Don't forget the beeps. So many beep beeps. Anytime that vehicle has got to move. There's so much communicating, and the drivers are communicating with each other through their their horns. And it's, you notice it, but you're not like totally aware of it. They're truly saying like, no, you go. No, I'm going. Okay, I'll right. go. Like it's it's um it's funny, but yeah, it's funny that that's kind of our like um podcast namesake. But this is definitely the attraction where the horns do a lot of the talking. Beep beep, the double beeps. Beep beep. beep, beep. 
very loud. The cars are, the trucks themselves are very loud. Is that an, uh, is that because trucks are loud or is that like a um, intentional soundtracky thing? Like, are they made to be louder than they are? Um, it's, it's definitely made the way it is, but uh, fun little fact here. So the trucks actually don't run on any type of like liquid gas. So they're not gas or diesel. They actually all run on liquid propane um, oh. because, because of the whole environmental thing. That was something when they were designing it. They had these trucks made um, so that way they could run off of propane, um, which is great for the environment. Um, but still, they get the noise. You know, you get the truck noise out of it, okay. which is great as well. Yeah, it's like a, a authentic type experience. I did not know that about the fuel, though, if that that's like more environmentally friendly. That's great. Has that always been that way or yeah. was that something they changed? No, it has. It's been that way. Yeah, they just um, – it's it's a great fuel. It just doesn't last very long. So they have to oh, – okay. every night they have to reload um, – more propane into the trucks. So when this, uh, you know, the original concept was going to be a conservation-focused, heavy, heavily focused safari, a two-week safari that gets interrupted, basically, by poachers on the reserve. So we shift gears from a photo safari to chasing down poachers. That's the original storyline mm-hmm. concept of Kilimanjaro safaris. Starring our one and only Warden Wilson. Warden Wilson, right. And, and um, what's her name? Miss Jobson. Miss Job, Catherine Jobson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. And they, uh, do we know the years on this? So uh, 1998 through. Uh, it was 2000. Well, they did a couple things, but it was like 2012 that they basically nixed all of the old story elements. But the original original story was quite gruesome, correct? <laughs> Well, one of them didn't even make it out of preview. <laughs> right. Okay, so what was that? What was the original, so, original version? So it started off with, you know, you're, you start off your safari, and then Wilson reaches out over the radio, and he's basically asking for your help because you guys are buddies, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he reaches out, and he says, hey, we're missing, uh, we're on the lookout for Big Red, which is a mama elephant, mm-hmm. and Little Red, which is the baby elephant of that mama. It's gone. They've gone missing, and Wilson says that there's evidence that it's poachers that are going after the the elephants, right? Yeah. yeah. So you immediately kind of start like you kind of because you kind of start off like nice and you know you're in the different elements of the safari, and it's like oh I see animals and it's pretty, and then all of a sudden Wilson chimes in and it's like oh oh shoot <laughs> like this is serious business. So anyways, you still go through your safari, but you're still you're kind of on the lookout, you know, as you go. And then eventually things just kind of progress and it gets a little nuts as you get to the end because now it's like uh, right as you get to the last part. So you're coming through and then there's like a uh, – and it's still there. They just don't call it this anymore. But it was like the back gate of the Harambe Wildlife Reserve that is busted through. So you can see that this oh, gate right. has been busted open. Yeah. By poachers. And Wilson says this to you before you get there. He's like, oh, the poachers, you know, seen by the back gate. And then you come up to it and you're like, oh, no, the back gate's here. So you like reach back out to Wilson and all of a sudden it becomes like a bad boys like cop chase. Bad boys, where bad boys. You, <laughs> you take off through this gate and then the fun just goes crazy because you're like swerving through this last scene where there's yeah. like geysers bursting out of the ground. Yeah. You see there's, their camp that's in like abandoned yeah, poacher camp. Their camp and then there's a jeep that for a little while actually ran on a track that would drive by Whoa. and you'd hear you'd hear the jeep go by you'd hear gunshots because now they're shooting at you and you're like Jeez, everybody get down Jeez. and then you come around a corner and like you said there's an abandoned camp and 
when they did previews, so they had a cast member that actually stood there and was a warden with a gun in its hand. Right. And he was like, he was basically like, I've got the poachers. Like, I've captured them. And then <laughs> there was Big Red. The mama dead. elephant. Oh, my God. <gasps> what? Dead, laying there next to the pathway, bloodied. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Gruesome. Um, this never made it out of previous. Nope, nope, that didn't go, yeah. Good. And then, and, and then of course, you saw Little Red in the truck, like, yay, we've saved I him. remember <laughs> that. I remember that. I remember yeah. seeing Little Red in the truck. So the animatronic. previews, uh, they got a lot of complaints from people because the kids and the families were obviously devastated by this large dead elephant. Mm-hmm. So they removed that before they actually opened up. But they still kept all of those other elements in the beginning. Yeah. I... I remember writing it with that storyline. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, it was it, wild. <laughs> it, it, it was a great, like, fun. I loved it because it was, like, a fun, like, the exhilarating kind of, um, you know, just thrill on a ride that you really didn't expect to, like, right. go fast. It made it know? a thrill ride in a way. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, there were some things removed. They finally removed the, like, toward, like, not too long after they opened, they removed the cast member that was standing there. Well, probably for labor yeah. costs. Pay for somebody, right. And then they had a plane with Wilson in it with his, you know, little hand like waving out of it like he met you guys there. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so some of those pieces were removed, but the story stayed in place for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Like I said, until about 2012 when they kind of nixed that story altogether. They still kept a little bit of the um, – oh, no, I'm sorry. My timeline's messed up. When they added the additional row – which was what I, what I said, 2007. like 2007-ish or so. That's when they t- pulled out um, Wilson and Ms. Jobson from okay. the storyline. But they still kept it as a, we're looking for Little Red and going after poachers type of thing. Interesting. And then five years later in 2012, they pulled all of that. And they actually replaced the entire scene, the poacher scene, with a whole new um, animal area. Right. That yeah. has changed. A couple times. As far as the animals that they've had in there? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, I definitely remember all stages of this ride. Um, Mm -hmm. The like fast poacher chase scene, like the most aggressive version, the kind of like watered down version, but it was still exciting and kind of made it a little more, um, you know, there's a story, obviously. Um, And then now the current version, which does not have the storyline at all. and I say I don't I don't mind it now at all. It truly is just like a safari. The middle one was probably the worst because if you're gonna have a storyline, have a storyline. Like make it yeah. make it thrilling. Uh, you know what I don't think exists anymore, which was my favorite thing from the main storyline, is the, the radio station. Yes, the radio break, <laughs> and the and the driver was always like, "Hey, do you mind if I turn on some music?" And then the best driver would like sing along to it a little yes. bit yes that was so song. good it was such a good song i always hummed along to it yeah. can you do you remember it now i think i there's actually a name to the song and I, I i saw it but i didn't write it down i forgot to do that it's a really good and that's no and that was one of um the disappointing things that was removed for me i think i didn't like that agreed yeah same 
It was just an authentic. That is probably my favorite. Part. It was such like an authentic part of the safari. Like your safari driver probably would turn on the radio at a certain point, right? And yeah. That's okay. And it was always a great time too, because it was like right when you were getting to the elephants, and it was like a relaxing yeah. part, and the water, and you're like, you know what? Let me turn on some tunes for a little bit, and yeah. you just like jamming out to your African beats, and it was so good. And then yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's gone through some evolutions, and yep. and now it basically is just um, talk about poachers and conservation in the queue, and then it's pretty much just a safari looking at animals with some fun animal facts nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, it is relaxing. Um, you sort of pick up the pace still towards the very last couple of, minutes on the ride but not for any particular reason that's a little awkward yeah that 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 was one of my favorite like i loved driving through that last scene because it was you could i the trucks have a, a governor on it which if, what that does is it just limits the speed that the truck can go so during the during the last scene the drivers we would all kind of learn from each other the little tips and tricks of when the right moment was to really push because you'd push the pedal to the floor yeah. during that scene and there were certain moments where you did it where you could just creep over the uh, governor mile per hour and really give that extra, you know, oh. thrill to the guests. Yeah, like if you knew you had a truck full of, like, band kids in high school and you really wanted to just <laughs> give them a thrill. That's I awesome. did it when it was, like, the senior center truck. Like, that. Oh, like, come on. God, cruel. <laughs> no, it's the oh, best. They love it. They love it. They love it. My, um... I do still like that you drive when you drove through the water at the end. That was always just fun. Oh, yeah. That's a nice little area there. Yeah, yeah that's nice. But let's back it up. Let's back it up to okay. the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, now that you know the stories. Right. Yeah. And now the lack of story, I guess. Um, <laughs> let's take it back to the front gates. I guess let me throw in here because we'll probably talk about it as we go too. It has also gone through. There's been a failed attempt at a night safari and then a right. successful attempt at a night safari. So we'll talk about that as we go through. Definitely. Well. Um, because I don't think I knew about the, the first initial failed attempt. So I'm curious about mm-hmm. what they did and what didn't work. Um, so, you know, we're about to enter the, the reserve. Your guide, your tour guide, your driver. If you'll notice, they are both spieling and driving. That's a, kind of a rarity at, at Disney, I would say. It's like chewing gum and walking. And and. Driving a and truck. And driving a truck. <laughs> there's very, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, and I don't think everybody realizes this. This is a real truck, um, and there is not a track. Now, they are driving on a concrete pathway with, like, built-in designed grooves to make it look like it's mud. But it's not on a track. It's not like Jungle Cruise where they're just, like, moving the wheel around for fun. Spinning the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're really, they're really driving that truck all by themselves and they don't have like a separate cast member with them spieling for me i was very comfortable driving the truck because i've kind of grown up driving big vehicles so it wasn't a big deal to me but even then it still took me a couple of days before i kind of got the groove of when i would make those turns and there's certain ones you got to take it a little bit further out so you don't hit the edge because the edge always had like a little bump to it so if you did that your poor guests are flopping around everywhere in the back (laughs) um when I had that senior center crew. Right. They just keep picturing them. They love it. Yeah, they love it. Um, but it is, there's so much that you're doing. It's impressive it when is. a driver. And and when people can't make it, man, I, I had the utmost respect for them because at least, you know, trying it, 
it is difficult. It's a difficult attraction to work at. Yeah. Imagine it's it's hard. Great costume, though. Really, really cute costume. Always really liked it. I remember, um, I didn't know, like, I guess I never paid attention to the Jungle Cruise costumes until, like, later on after I'd worked at Safaris, and then I noticed they're the same exact costume, except a patch. And I was like, oh. Oh, they get a patch? Well, yeah, they, because we, they have one that's like a, what was it? It was on there. There's something on there, because I remember seeing a costume and going, oh, it's a, it's a Kilimanjaro costume. And then I was like, oh, wait, no. Wow. It's got something different on it. I think it was a patch or something. Oh, cool. On the arm or whatever. Cool, cool. So the first area of the reserve that you're in is the, oh, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, the Little it- Ituri Forest. Ituri? Yeah, you got it. The Ituri yeah. Forest. And it's truly what it is. It's just like a lush, gr- bright green forest. So it's very nice. It's a good It's a good entry, actually, mm-hmm. into this ride. You'll see the Okapis, the Bongos, the Great Kudu. These are all some of my favorites. Yeah, this is a good, good little part. It's a good ease into the ride, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And sometimes rhinos, right? The black rhinos? Yeah, they have a, a section there that is just because the black rhinos have to be on their own. So they have a little section off on the side there. What's the drama They're- about black rhinos? Um, they just get a little bit more aggressive than other species of rhinos. Interesting. Um, so, so they keep them in an area that's kind of, and, and this is kind of a cool thing that we'll probably mention multiple times, but all of the, I guess we'll call them like separators, mm-hmm. are all natural looking. So you never really can tell, other than like the chains and stuff, you can never really tell where the separation of animal exhibits are because they did such a great job of hiding them with natural landscaping. And the black rhinos is one of those enclosures. They told that's we should definitely mention that all the animals look like they truly are just coexisting in their specific areas. Yes, when you move from location to location, you go through these like chain fence barrier type things but you are entering a different area so like storyline wise it makes sense but they all look like they're just all coexisting together but they're not like so for example the black rhinos what does their enclosure what is the separation between both them them, and us and them and the other animals that one you can see a little bit because it's like they have that water that that little bit of water there uh so it's like their little probably like lake you know yeah and then if they were to continue going into the water then you can see where that kind of concrete it looks like mud, but they've basically created like a wall there so they can't get through. And I think, if I remember correctly, there's a little bit of a drop. I, it's it's hard to remember because that one's hidden so well. Yeah, yeah, it's totally invisible to. to and the then, the, like the rest of the exhibit goes up to the top of a hill that's completely like there's no way they could get away from that unless they're like jumping off the hill. But I don't think they can get up to the part that they yeah. could jump from. Anything else to add about the, the forest area? Cheryl, what are you usually doing at this point? I mean, the rhinos are cute. <laughs> and the water usually looks very refreshing. Oh, to- after you've been standing in that line for an hour, for sure. Yeah. And I'm really just enjoying all of the photos that people are taking because I always think about the safari and everyone feels like taking pictures of all the animals. But I wonder how often you're actually going to go back and look at those photos. Yeah, that's or how many point. of them are going to be clear. Right. Versus just like enjoying the rhinos. Right, right. Well, if you're curious, you can take a look at our Instagram this week because I will be posting all, <laughs> all of my videos I've taken. We have so many. Yeah, there's so many videos and photos. It is funny, though, because even though we've probably all been on this ride a lot and you know it's not going to be the highest quality of photos i am always tempted to take pictures oh you're right and I if don't a lion's out you're gonna take a picture well of that it. is special Even if it's just oh. a fuzzy rock yeah. like no yeah. one cares that is special yeah. yeah that's special 
right. Well, let's head over to Safi River, shall we? Safi River. Safi River. This is a cool, this is a cool section. This is when it starts kind of getting a little wild on Safari. The, it looks to me, and Ashby, you can confirm, um, it looks similar to the, to the little forest. Um, when you get to the actual crocodile enclosure, it opens up a little bit more, but as far as like trees go, kind of looks the same. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, because you go through, here's the funny part is like, it's a weird setup because when you first go through Safi River, there's like a water, there's a water um, enclosure on the right. Again, doesn't look like it's, you know, it looks all natural there. And you have some hippos and everybody kind of freaks out about that. Or because the driver usually mentions hippos, people see that first water on the right and they're like, oh my God, there's hippos over there. And typically when you look over there, depending on the time of day, you probably won't see one because there's only usually a couple over there. Interesting. What I would wait for is the left side when that water, body of water comes up because that's where all the hippos are hanging out. And you're going to see a gazillion hippos over there. So don't get distracted by the body of water when you first come up. Yeah, I mean, there are moments that you'll see something cool because that's actually, that's the part that's been incorporated into the Wild Africa Trek. Mm Mm-hmm. So that thing we were talking about earlier, there's actually a little photo op there where they walk out to the edge of kind of a cliff and they're they're strapped in and they kind of hang over the edge and the hippo will come up and they get to feed the hippo from the top of the cliff. That's so if you so happen cool. to be driving through during one of those, like have your camera ready because that's cool. But otherwise, just wait for the left because that's when all the hippos are going to be hanging out over great. there. Great. That's a great tip. I like that. And then, yeah, like you were saying, you go to the, as you go up, you kind of go up a hill and then you're you're going to be crossing over that bridge over the crocodiles. The rickety crocodile bridge. Yeah. Uh, which is a little creepy because crocodiles mm-hmm. are scary. There are so many urban legends about this crocodile section and guests being around them. And I'm 100% sure they're all BS. But, uh. I mean... If you know anyone who's been on the ride, usually they're like, oh, I heard someone fell out here once. Oh, God. Yeah, that's probably the one where most people say that, like, oh, somebody fell out in the crocodiles and they never came back. Oh. Yeah, and they just drove off and left them because that's policy or something. Right. Let's go to, I think, one of the coolest parts of the ride. Um, we're going up to the savanna, which is the, um, what word am I trying to use? The, like, terrain changes drastically when you head up mm-hmm. to the savanna. Because it's a lot, it's like wide open. Um, and on the, I hear the African oh, music. Wilson? <laughs> yeah, I've got it for you. The baobab tree, a fake one, I guess, uh, greets you right at the top of the savannah. So you get to see like what a full grown one would look out on the savannah. It's actually kind of cool. And that's when the tour guide tells you about the baobab yeah. tree as well. Yeah. And I I would say, like, right after this, when you're, if you want to talk about weenies, because I don't yes. think we've talked about uh, a weenie for this I've one I've been dying to talk about a weenie. This is definitely <laughs> a weenie. And usually it'll, yeah. the driver will mention it, but, like, have your camera ready, because as you come, come around the corner, it's this beautiful landscape shot of the savanna. And usually there's, like, a yeah. giraffe there and, like, a, a couple other animals. It's a beautiful spot to get yeah. a nice picture of, like, the... And it just feels so open. It does. It's such a night. You're coming out of, like, the jungle into this, like, wide open area. It's really nice. It's really great. Yeah, the first the first annual you'll probably will see is the giraffe. The Maasai giraffe, in fact. Or... Or a reticulated giraffe, which is what I remember being there because I always, right. it was like Latin for something. 
<laughs> reticulata, reticulata, which means like patch or something. N- net markings, yeah. Net yeah, markings. Yeah. Oh god, that was so weird that like my brain triggered when you said that. It was like the spiel was just it's in oozing there. out of my mouth. Well, and the yeah, funny thing weird. we should mention about the spiel as well is unlike other spieling attractions, this spiel changes based on what you see. So you basically have to learn how many animals are on this attraction. 40 or something. Oh gosh, right, yeah. 30 something to 40 different types of animals you could potentially see on this ride. You have to memorize anywhere between like two and four fun facts about them and then hack together a spiel based on what you can see, what's going on yeah. in the ride outside you. Yeah. Plus, and also add, drive. you're driving <laughs> on a truck without a track. Again, I'm just going to continue <laughs> right. to say that. Um, but yeah, the Savannah's great. It's, uh, it's awesome. What else could you possibly see out there? Um, oh, well, I will point out, because this is newer, and if people haven't been in the last, like, you know, four or five years, they now have the um, hyena and spotted dog exhibit that is on the savannah as you come around that first like you go down that first straight away off the turn um they added that because of the nighttime safari um, oh that's awesome element. because they're yes. nocturnal the hyenas oh mm-hmm. cool yeah that's really neat yeah. so that's kind of a cool uh, and i tell you every time i've been on it since they added that they're, they're always running around yeah. i don't know what they're doing they're neat <laughs> but looking. they're always running around in there they're yeah they're a couple other cool animal that's where the tommies used to be the teeny tiny little oh, jumping deers jumping around um there. they were really sweet the ancoli cattle which is like the it looks like a cow but with like giant, giant yes like alarmingly giant horns is that what they're called horns uh i think so yeah i think they're horns right not um, antlers yeah I don't know. But they're giant. I can't remember. Like, they look like you're like, come on, sir. <laughs> like, those can't be real. But they're real. It's good. This fan is great. I find it to be very relaxing. I wish Wilson would, or we could listen to Wilson's favorite song at that time, too. Uh, right. That would be awesome. Oh, and the um, the uh, uh, termite mounds. Right. So there's these, like, termite, they're basically, like, these large dirt-looking structures that are out there. And they always point them out. The driver. Yeah. Fun little fact. They're not real. They're not real. <laughs> Spoiler they're alert. They're just giant things of concrete. But what's funny is the, a termite mound actually does get as hard as concrete. Mm-hmm. So essentially it could be real, but they're not because we don't want termites. You don't want termites. The, the savannah out there. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is another good. So we were talking about like animal enclosures prior. The savannah mm-hmm. actually, it definitely does have enclosures, but less than what we were talking about before like the giraffes and the ancoli cattle are actually coexisting mm-hmm. with each other like that's a that's true what you're seeing there is not like a illusion they are just walking around eating all day and the zebras used to be in the savannah right yeah but you know why they're not there anymore because they're, they're bullies, they're bullies. <laughs> <laughs> was it the antelope something was pregnant and so instead of removing the pregnant lady they moved all of the zebras or at least that's what the person told me when i filed a complaint when i was in high school you filed all i know is those zebras were violent <laughs> They would beat up the others, so they just couldn't find a place for them. I was mad because I wrote it, and afterwards I was like, 
where were the zebras and they told me it was because I think like an antelope or something was pregnant and they were bothering them so they put them somewhere else and then five years later I guess that antelope was still pregnant she was not still pregnant <laughs> no well, I they, get it but no, the zebras never came beaten back up on other animals they were probably <laughs> beaten up on that pregnant antelope come on get them out of there Okay, well, I mean, she's got to learn how to make it in the world. They're, they're mean. Zebras. zebras are mean. I used to like them until I worked there and learned about how mean they are. I used to like them till oh, man. today when I learned that they were mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still like them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good That's thing amazing. the Okapi are actually related. Oh, wait, no, they're not related to zebras. They're related to giraffes, but they look kind of oh, look like zebras. Look at that fun brand. fact. Yeah, I love that one. Cool. The savannah's great. It's awesome. And now you can actually see that building that they built for a wild Africa trek, where I guess you have lunch or whatever. Um, oh, out yeah. On the yeah, savannah. we have a little, a little snack. Looks, looks really beautiful. Fits in quite nicely. It does. I like it. It was an eyesore when they first built it because it was, like, different. But then mm. you got used to it and you're like, oh, that actually looks kind of nice up there. That's a good point. Yeah, you kind of realize, like, if you look beyond it, you're like, oh, I guess that's the end of the savannah where previously (laughs) you didn't think about it before. Right, That's a good point. Yeah, so now I guess it's a little bit more lived in, though. Like, things have grown Mm -hmm. up around it and stuff. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, You do a couple kind of twists and turns in the savannah as well. Uh, Is it still considered savannah when you see, like, the... um, Whoa, what are they called? The monkey... The... um, Mandrel? uh, Mandrel? The mandrel monkeys, monkeys. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's technically, like, the savannah's divided up into two parts. Oh, okay. There's a point in this whole journey that we're going on right now where you kind of go in from like one savanna to the next. And there's a directional term for it. I can't remember if it's east, west, or north, south, but two elements of the savanna. Cool. And this is like the latter part of that savanna. Right, right. What else is over there? That's uh, the cheetahs. Well, so if if we kind of go in order, we've got the man, we've got the mandrel monkeys, which hit or miss if you're going to ever see them. Yeah. Like, they never seem to be out, or at least in, vis- vis- in, in a visible spot. And then you sometimes will get your first spot at a giraffe here, because they usually have one of the males that are kind of hanging out there. Mm-hmm. And then, story-wise, this is where you would have approached the Tilting Bridge, which if oh, you've right. never... Yeah. If you've never ridden safaris before, this is where the first thrill happens. <laughs> um, but this is a notorious piece of machinery that a lot of times falls apart and doesn't work. So don't get your hopes up. But there's a fun little element if it does work. So it, 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 it yeah, it was definitely, it used to always be a thing. But it, so it's a hit or miss now whether it's operational or not? Or have they removed it completely? No, it's still there. Okay. Um, but they just, like there's times that it's working and times that it's not. So this, if, um, if Tilting Bridge wasn't clear enough, um, <laughs> you get on the bridge and they're like, oh, this should be fine. And then the whole bridge itself starts kind of moving back and forth. And then you kind of speed off um, the other end. And then right after that is the red clay pits. Great. Red clay pits might have the coolest animals now that I think about it. Never even. It's like all the big cats, basically. Well, yeah, because you kind of... So this is where it gets a little weird. Because you got red clay pits and then you have the elephants. and And this is another moment kind of where... You want to have your camera ready because you're mm-hmm. going to get some great shots of the elephants. But elephants, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I see what you did. If there. you're lucky, 
Oh, um, However, there's a, there's, a, there's a really great part where you're going around the island where the flamingos hang out. And right as you kind of make the turn before the truck starts to go into the next area, you get a great shot of the flamingo island. And then in the background, it's the water, mm. the elephants, and the baobab trees. Yeah, that's another good, good So like that is a beautiful, that's like a, a staple Kilimanjaro safari picture spot there. Yeah. And the Flamingo Island, if you didn't know, if you look at it from the surface, nope, that's not right. If you look at it from the air, <laughs> it's actually a big hidden Mickey. <laughs> yeah, that's good. From Wilson's airplane, it's a hidden Mickey. Right. From his airplane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a fun little in the know kind of fun fact. And then then we head into kind of the other savanna part, which you're talking about, which is where we see... Um, uh, the first thing that you see is the white rhinos because they're just kind of hanging out mm-hmm. in this. And that's the crazy part is these guys are hanging out in the area. Like they can free roam back and forth in front of the truck, behind the truck, like wherever. And fun story. And you'll, you've probably heard a couple stories if you've ever talked to a driver of the rhino having a little fun with the truck. Um, me specifically, I remember I came around the turn and there was a white rhino on the pathway. Basically, it was like <laughs> facing the truck so it was like we were in a standoff i had to stop the truck obviously because i was waiting for him to get out of the way and he just he or she just stood there staring down the truck and i got a little nervous because i was like i don't know what happens here if you were to charge or something that's right like what's it gonna do and so we sat for a minute and of course the guests are loving it because it's a a unique thing that happened Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it started to like like do a little slow gallop towards the truck and I was like, uh, like I grabbed on. I remember I was like holding onto the steering wheel, like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and right at the last minute, he ran off to the right and went down kind of the right side oh of the truck. God. And like I was, I loved it, but it was also like almost peeing myself. Yeah, that's stressful. And the guests, of course, were just losing their minds and like taking pictures and everything. It was a yeah. really fun moment. But there are stories of the white rhinos. There was one in particular where a white rhino got its horn into the front. Um, there's like a grate on the front of the Mm -hmm. truck and he was like physically moving the truck up and down (gasps) while everybody was in it. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. That's kind of wild. But they're not aggressive to the point like that they can be in there. It's just like sometimes I think they show a little dominance. Okay. Um, If they have babies in there, they they tend to get a little bit more defensive, which the last few years they've had a couple babies in there. Feel that. Does anyone else look at a rhinoceros and think that's a dinosaur, right? (laughs) <laughs> right? It looks yeah. like it. Because <laughs> I do. Sure. Like, I'm thinking about that now. Like, that's Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> They're still around. Anywho, I really love the lion exhibit here, or enclosure. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a lot of safaris, and most of the time you see the lions sleeping, or if you're lucky, you see one sleeping, <laughs> right. and you you realize... You've seen a lion this whole time. You just thought it was the rock. Um, <laughs> kind of looks like Pride Rock, which makes me smile. Yep. Yeah. Um, but every once the dr- in a while, <laughs> you'll see one. And I've been on there when, when, when one has roared, which is yes. unbelievable to hear. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's funny because the, the drivers are usually like, well, if you look for a split second right behind that large rock, you're going to see the very tip of a yeah. mane of a lion. And you're like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, you've driven by it. You don't even yeah. see it anymore. They never slow down there. But there is – there. I, I've been there – same like what you were saying. I've been there for um, the lion up on the rock, like the male lion being up there. It, it's a – it's 
if you ever get lucky enough to see that, it is quite the experience. I also recently found out that they pump like cold air through those rocks for the lions. What the funniest yeah. animal in the world. They're like wildly lazy and like, we're hot. And then they sleep all day. It's amazing. They're the greatest. It's crazy. King of the jungle. And that that's another one that has a very um, uh, large separation um, that you don't really see. Like obviously they're higher. So you're like, oh, they can't jump down from there. I mean, essentially they could jump if they wanted to. Yeah. But there's a large ravine in between the pathway and the edge of the rocks. So there's no way they want to make that jump because it's a long way down. I actually have another funny story in that area. When I was driving one time, we were stopped because of something. There was an animal, I'm sure, crossing a pathway somewhere. And so we're all stopped. We're just sitting there. And then the ostrich uh, comes wandering up to the truck. And he's like... He's you, like, hello. Like, the ostriches were kind of known as like the dumb animals on safari. And he walked up and he's like doing his little curious look, like what's going on, you know, looking at the truck, looking inside. And so he comes walking up the passenger side, like right up against the truck. So guests are getting like the ultimate experience here. But as he walks up the side, he stops at the passenger window and he and the windows are down, you know, and he looks in at me. And of course, as I always do, I always talk to animals. So I'm like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and he sticks his head into the cab of the truck and starts to pick at like things like at the seat and the dashboard, then stops, pulls his head back out and then just keeps walking down the side of the truck oh, <laughs> and just went on his way. That's wild. This is why this ride is actually really cool because it, it, you know, we also, we always think that like, or look at Disney as such like a manicured experience for everyone. It's so, it's Mm -hmm. the same every time. It's uh, heavily controlled and Safaris is no difference because it is, I mean, you're, it's being set up to experience certain things at certain times, but an ostrich can just come right up to the truck and start picking up. Right. Like that's, that's what makes this ride so cool because um it's just luck it's like what is this particular safari going to be like what time of day if it's too hot if it's too cold if it's raining it's uh whatever the mood these animals tend to be in like you just really never mm-hmm. know so it's always yeah, worth it's going. that un, it's that uncontrollable element mm-hmm. that uh really makes it a cool experience because you just never know what you're going to see or get yeah it's a good one all right where to next uh, where are we? We were at the lions. Oh, of course. And then we see the warthogs mm-hmm. afterwards, which is always a fun experience. And then there are um, a couple of, I was talking about the ostriches. There's a couple of ostrich eggs that are on safari that, spo- I love that. I ha- I keep saying all the spoilers. They're not real. Oh, another they're fake just, out? Yeah. They're just ostrich eggs that are basically pieces of concrete uh, that are there. But we do point it out because we want to kind of educate the guests on, you know, the eggs and the ostriches and kind of that whole thing. But yeah, there's just fake ostrich eggs sitting there. Interesting. Uh, fake baobab, fake ostrich egg, fake termite mound. Yep. Is that it? Or are you going to tell me it's a real. fake cheetah too? Che- <laughs> fake stories about zebra bully. No, no, that is accurate. 100% real. Fake bad press, fake news. Fake dead fake elephants. <laughs> fake news. Oh my God. Oh. All right, next up, next and final area. Yeah, final scene. We head into uh, what has kind of taken shape over the years uh, from being the poacher scene to now a much more peaceful Magadi Glen Mm. uh, location, which this has gone through some changes even after 
it changed over to an animal enclosure because like we mentioned and we've mentioned before the zebras did take up residence here for a short amount of time like zebra trail they were they were uh uh kicked out of and then for a bit they had uh the addicts which was an animal that was added to the... <laughs> they had a drug problem and they were sectioned <laughs> off to a different part of the park <laughs> First we had the violent zebras, then we brought in some addicts. Right, and then we went into the the addicts, and then you know the mayor of New York came in and cleaned it up, and now it's like the Times Square of the safari. (laughs) I've never thought about the way that that sounds. I didn't hear it either. How do you spell the animal? A. I think it's I think it's A D D. X? X, yeah, yeah. A-D-A-X yeah. or something? Okay. <laughs> Cheryl. Um, so they lived there for a bit until they got taken out by the police. Right. And then right. Uh, the final, at least where they are right as of today, is the Scimitar Horned Oryx. Love which those. Used to, which used what? to be out on the main savanna, but yeah. then they put them into this uh, They're location. so what? cool looking. Centaur C- Horned Oryx? No. C- <laughs> Scimitar. <laughs> Of a human half horn. <laughs> you're directionally this is, this last, right, but <laughs> but only half of that. Now cut this off last the man. area <laughs> is is for our special animals. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's that's beastly amazing. kingdom. Right, right. Um, no, they're really cool. They're like antelope, but their horns um, are 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 shaped like a. Um, a scimitar, centaur, right? Like it's <laughs> a, <laughs> it's like a windy or a curvy sword, right? Am I yeah, yeah. They're yeah. they're really cool yeah. looking. Yeah, they really are. And that's where you go through the water, which is my favorite part. Yeah, and then there's like that beautiful waterfall, almost yeah. like it, it has a. It always reminds me of that scene in the Jungle Cruise uh-huh. where the sure. with like the hippos and the elephants or whatever. Yeah. Like that's what it reminds me of with all the waterfalls and stuff. Yeah. I love it. And then you're and then you're back, done. and then we say. Quaharini. Quaharini. Go well. Go well, yeah. Um, the name of the truck you're on out on the savannah is Simba One. Did we mention oh, that? Oh, yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that. Call sign. Thing. Call sign. Simba One. Exactly. Oh, Simba One from Wilson Matua. Um, what other kind of little fun facts are we missing here? Um, oh, right. We talked about, well, we kind of like breezed over it, but the nighttime thing. Yes. Let's talk um, about that. So there was a time uh, back in like 98 that they were like, hey, let's try this night safari thing out because they were, it was the holidays and they're like, let's expand our hours. And it wasn't time for that. It didn't quite work. They had some like, they had a couple troubles. One, visibility of the animals was extremely low because they hadn't added any type of lighting other than, I think they added some exterior lights to the trucks, but it really didn't do anything. Mm. Um, they had some special effects that they added in, some like reflective material that they added into the trees so it looked like there was animal eyes uh, <laughs> looking around. And then what was cool, which I, I wish I could find, I haven't like been able to find like a video, but they had an African dance troupe that they actually put out on the safari in one, I think it was like the elephant, somewhere near the elephants or somewhere like that. Not like with the elephants was there. Was that cool but... or terrible? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I just, no. I just, it, I mean, because it was a true African like dance troupe, so that's kind of cool. But did it was it like, like what, <laughs> like out of place, or oh, did well, it I'm like sure, look probably. cool? Oh, okay. I, I, 
the way that it was described to me, it sounded like there was like a whole little, like, it was almost like a campfire aspect to it, you know, and then the African dance troops doing cool. their little thing around it, okay. which is kind of cool, right? But that uh, that stuff wasn't cool enough to keep it <laughs> running yeah, um, because it was just, it cost too much and they were, the guests were not happy with that particular night safari. So they nixed that. Cool. And uh, basically through from that time until like 2016, the the ride would always close at sunset and during the winter that's very early um so that ride sometimes didn't have the best hours of availability um but then with the you know announcement of bringing pandora the world of avatar to animal kingdom and then nighttime spectacular and the tree light show Mm -hmm. and just basically that park was becoming a full day experience because mm-hmm. i you know in the past it was always like oh we'll go do animal kingdom for like half a day till lunch yeah and then we'll go somewhere else and animal kingdom was like no we're gonna make it so we have things to do all day from morning into the night mm-hmm. and so they expanded night safaris again but this time they went the right way they added a ton of lighting elements um so what what it did is it kind of gave it a Basically, like a permanent sunset lighting. So, like as you drive around, <clears throat> and it's crazy how lit it is at night. But it gives it this feel that like the <laughs> the sun is still. <laughs> I just realized what I said. <laughs> it's it, pretty lit at it night. It is guys. lit. <laughs> it's totally lit. But uh, yeah, they have these like massive light structures that you really can't see too much that add a cool element to like the savanna and the forest areas and things like that. And then they shortened up the path a little bit because there are certain um, animals that just, they're not going to do anything at night, so they bring them in. And then, of course, they added the hyenas, which were an animal that would be be active in the evening time. I think it's, I have not been, have you guys been on the night safari? Mm, no. I, I have, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very interested in it. I like the idea of being able to see animal, because we know how differently the safari can be depending on if it's, hot or cold or raining or not raining or morning or afternoon so to see them mm-hmm. at night i think it would be really a neat opportunity so also yeah, it's, on an, my list. it's another one of those like cool like elements that changed you know totally yeah it's nice there was also there was a, a nighttime experience that i could not find and i i probably should have reached out to some friends of mine that would have known the name of it but there was a evening not into the night but like evening experience that you used to be able to do because every park used to have like this like magical experience, magical gathering. Magical That's what gathering. It was. I'm just I now remembering. That. Yeah. So there was a magical gathering that safaris used to have where the group would come. I think they went to Tusker House and they had like a meal or something. And then they would come over to safaris and they would get a more catered safari where they actually had a driver and a spieler in the truck. Yeah. So it was a cool little experience that they did. Um, for safaris, and then that went away at some point. I think that's when they got rid of magical gatherings altogether mm-hmm. in all the parks. What was magical gather? Was that catered to like larger groups? Was that the idea? I think so. I think it started with that whole like because there was a, a campaign that Disney did for a while that was all about the fa- families and the magical gatherings and the large family get together thing. Yeah, like like a family reunion types. I remember that. It's yeah. Interesting. Um, I have kind of like a negative thing to say about safaris. Okay. Oh, hold the phone. Yeah. I mean, I hesitate to say this because I I truly like this. And I think what the cast members do there is so impressive and should be like applauded a lot. Um, 
But I want, I get frustrated when safari drivers think that they're a jungle cruise skipper. Mm. Like you can be, you can, there's a difference between making a joke about, oh, this bridge is a little rickety, but I think we got it. Or like playing off the animals and then making a pun. Those are very different (laughs) types of comedy and, and puns do not belong (laughs) <laughs> on Kilimanjaro safaris is my personal opinion um and it drives me I, I i don't like it i think that like and i'm all about a pun bring it bring it on i mean but like that belongs on certain rides it belongs on jungle cruise <laughs> and that's all i can think of i mean maybe great yeah. movie yeah, ride. Yeah. you know i, I don't know it, that's why jungle cruise is is what it is and you know it's funny because like from and you know this is this is if, if you ride it as a guest, you know there is a particular spiel like Molly mentioned that that drivers are supposed to follow, and there are no jokes <laughs> in the spiel, Mm-mm. and so that's just somebody kind of going off script, which is not necessarily, um, you know, looked upon nicely. Well, and not to be like, I love all the Disney overlordy type stuff, but I agree. Like, you mm-hmm. are a safari driver; you're great at that stick to the script like if you you're not if you were a professional comedian you'd be a professional comedian at this point like just (laughs) stop like stop like working through your material on safaris drives me i think that for me like the only thing that i would ever kind of throw jokes in about was you it was usually at the beginning when people were loading in because that's a that's a fair time right to be able to just kind of play around and then at the end when everybody's leaving but during the middle you know you really you just kind of i mean you, you could play off a little bit Back when the poacher scene was active, yes. that was fun. But uh, well, and again, I, mean, I think it, it, like when you're saying when you're loading people in or the first one before you even get into the reserve, uh, drivers can there's sarcasm and there's puns. And when you're <laughs> right. like, "Welcome to your two week safari. I hope everyone packed their bags appropriately. I hope you all have your rain gear." Like you're making a joke in that moment. Everyone, no one's taking you literally that you're going on a two week safari. But that sort of <laughs> except stuff, for that one guy that's like, "Well, I left is, it in the pram." He like was they like, said. "God, that girl made me leave my pram. <laughs> ah, she ruined my vacation." Right, um, right. Yeah, there is always that guy, but. So that's a joke, but that is built into the experience. And there are ways to kind of riff on that a little bit. Or like you said, like the if the ostrich came up to you and you're like, hey, buddy, like, get out of here. Like, there's that's playful, <laughs> playful, um, jokey type off script stuff. And I don't even have an example of like a pun exactly, but it would just, they're just stupid. Like, they're just straight out of Jungle Cruise. But leave it at Jungle Cruise. Like, that is the appeal of that ride is just this, like, campy stuff, you know? So anyway, not to go on, like, a full tirade, but stop. Just stop. I could I could think of, like, you know, the cats. Look, those big cats are just lying around. Yeah, like that shit. Like, just yeah. no one in... Like the cat. No one should be like, <laughs> Like, that, <laughs> that sort of laughter belongs... On the Jungle Cruise. But on the Jungle Cruise, you're like, because, <laughs> like, you're expecting it. <laughs> like, don't don't tell me that lion is lying around. Give me some fun facts about how much they eat in a day or something. That's what, what I'm interested in. And don't take 20 minutes to tell me where it is when I'm – I really can't see it. Just yeah. tell me the facts. You're wasting time. <laughs> oh, um, anyone else have any uh, anything to, even you know, 
air any grievances about Kilimanjaro safaris or something you love about it. Maybe your favorite thing about it. I think the only thing I want to say, just from a general standpoint, just from working at Animal Kingdom, I think people sometimes don't realize, because it's an, it's an animal park, so people get, like, there's people out there that are like, yeah, animals shouldn't be in zoos, and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I respect your opinion. Mm-hmm. I just don't agree with it. Um, these animals are extremely they are they're taking they're taken care of better than i'm i take care of myself mm-hmm. um and you know animal kingdom is a park that is aza accredited which if you don't know what that is look it up um it's an extremely um meticulous accreditation process that a zoo has to go through and there's not a lot of them that are um you know deemed that right. SeaWorld is another they are they're actually aza accredited as well and it always bothered me when people would get upset about, you know, oh, they're 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 in enclosures or they're not taken care of or, you know, Animal Kingdom didn't go out into the wild and pull these animals in. Mm-hmm. They pulled all the animals from other zoos and breeders, so that way they were given a home and they had somewhere to live mm-hmm. and be taken care of. And the amount of work that they do for conservation and the environmental impact that the that specifically like the animal the animal the animal science and environment uh, group that takes care of all the animals and everything else like I just I can't say enough great things about what they do there and I hope that you recognize that these aren't like it's not circus animals we're not putting mm-hmm. elephants in an enclosure that's just as big as them mm-hmm. and then putting them out on display for people right so. Yeah, I mean, and I think no matter what, you'll probably, there will be certain audiences who are very, very against um, having animals in captivity, and that's fine. And there's, you know, there's all sorts of, like, um, people being passionate is, is important for all of us. We'll all get better. But that sort of pressure, uh, or Dis- when Disney decided to do their animal park, they took that kind of scrutiny that other zoos and animal parks were put under and said, we're going to do this this much better. Yeah, not not only um, using animals who needed a home and pushing the conservation efforts and also just the education aspect to it um, mm-hmm. and the safety of the animals. You're not here to just poke on the glass at a zoo at an animal. Like, the, yes, they're being well taken care of and also as comfortable as possible, as close to like what they would experience had they be or if they were out kind of in the wild. So mm-hmm. I think there's always going to be criticism f- from particular groups and particular people and that's fine um disney's definitely spending a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of passion to make sure that these animals are being taken care of in the best way possible so i'm just gonna say it's a little crazy to me because like sorry i'm on my soapbox again get up there blows my mind because like if if we didn't have these zoos that are good and animal kingdom and places like this that animals could live there are particular breeds that would have gone extinct if we didn't have them in one of these locations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't understand why people think that it's bad that we're actually saving animal species. Because in the wild, freaking humanity can't control themselves. Right. And they're still shooting them for their horns that they think are going to cure cancer. Like, yeah. let's be real, people. Because, you know, corporations can also take a greedy approach as well and exploit, you know, exploit animals for profit. Got it. Um, But Animal Kingdom, in my experience with it and my exposure to it, um, is the best of the best of the best. So um, if especially if your children have any interest in animals, if there's any curiosity or like affection there, 
spend a day in Animal Kingdom and spend a large portion of your day in Harambe because there's, um, I mean, we're jumping off of uh, safaris now, but even the like Pangani <laughs> yeah. forest trail is awesome. And it's, um, you get pretty up close with animals without like being in their face aggressively, mm-hmm. which I always, that always makes me feel weird at zoos when you're like, tapping on the glass like it just feels like an invasion of privacy really and it is i mean we still are you are looking at these animals in their home but it's just set up in such a more natural way um and they have such protections and they can go on and off stage as they want to right Right. like they're not forced into anything and that's actually we mentioned this briefly in our safari talk earlier but that's the same thing for the safaris if you don't see the mandrel ape it's because he doesn't want to be out there like he's gone back to his home and that's okay uh they do they put things out on the track to encourage animals to come closer to the truck so go find foods uh the foods to go find their food their meals go are, find food go find foods um <laughs> like dinner is placed out near the track kind of in a hidden something that may look like a rock from your angle but it's actually where uh, the animals are finding their food or like we said with the lions they pump cold air on the rocks it's a little lazy but things like that um to encourage animals to come closer to view but it's also something that they want and or need or whatever probably want not need they're given everything they need but if they want something if they want a treat they're gonna come up a little closer to you so but it's up to them right if they're if they're not into it they're not into it and i've heard that as well where animals maybe just like prefer to be backstage and then they kind of retire from the safari then they just kind of live live backstage which is fine so anywho for sure are we at the end of our two weeks so far we're at the end of our well it got cut off because of the poachers oh wait no we dropped that storyline i guess it's just (laughs) short now I'm so confused. <laughs> Which we should mention. It's tip- Safaris are typically about 20 minutes. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, Unless there's a rhino on the pathway, then it's right. going to take you a little bit longer. Right. Uh, Cheryl, you can wake up from your 20-minute nap now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're leaving. I feel so much refreshed. I would love to hit that Dawa bar. Yeah. You know, maybe see some, you know, street performers or something. So good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Harambe's yeah, the yeah. best. It's hot as hell, though. I mean, just be forewarned. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of this uh, journey. Hold, symbol Quaharini. one. Quaharini. Quaharini. Go well. Go well. Go, Go well. well, listeners. To Instagram and like us. Comment. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. I'm dancing. I, you always forget that this is a podcast <laughs> and not a movie because I'm just going full, full dance to that song. So exciting. Yeah, rate, review, and subscribe, and tune in next week. All right. Bye, Bye, everyone.